College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about some college football bowl season edition. We obviously last week preview and predicted a bunch of these games. And man, we were just talking before we hit record. Thursday and on just had a bunch of good games. Washington, Texas, 27-20. Florida State looked like they were going to lose that game, 35-32. They were heavy favorites. My Gophers, 28-20. 37-35. Pitt, you know, has a great finish to the year where I thought UCLA would definitely win that. South Carolina jumped on Notre Dame. They came back and won. And obviously, um, today we had a wild game with USC and Tulane. Um, not to mention, of course, the TCU-Michigan game, which was entertaining until the end. And, of course, Georgia-Ohio State was phenomenal. Ohio State had a, a two-score lead two separate times. Kind of looked like, okay, I think they're going to do it. A timeout and a variety of other things <laughs> happened in that game. So we had um, we had a wild one. It, it was really great. And just to have two semifinal games – be competitive, be entertaining, uh, beyond like midway through the third quarter, just a blowout after that, or even a blowout at half, you know. So that was uh, that was phenomenal. Hopefully, this is a uh, you know this becomes I I won't say the norm that it be these crazy uh, games. I think a second and third quarter are like some of the highest scoring uh, quarters in these games in, in both of the games. Anyway, we're gonna break it all down on our. Second to last show, we will, of course, preview and predict Georgia and TCU 13 points. Is that a little too generous towards Georgia? Are we discounting TCU that much? We'll talk about it in just a second. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and download the show directly there. Listen to the browser. You can find the College Ball Show under Ropadope Radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Player FM, Spricker, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a variety of other places. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegroomingtruth.com at Sports News 24. One more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the quarter you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. Right now, the prices start as low as $69.99, and there's two deals. We still have the three-month Save $160, get, if you go with the choice or above package, to enjoy HBO Max, Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, and Epics. We also have a new deal here. Save $50 over five months with the choice package or above and the purchase of the exclusive DirecTV Stream device. That's DirecTV Stream. Okay, Marshall. Um, we will get into what, you know, right now, is it over yet? I think, you know, it's not over yet. 35-21, uh, it's basically over. Uh, Penn State in the Rose Bowl beats uh, Utah, which was a competitive game until down the stretch. It did, you know, Utah lost her quarterback, and you can kind of see Penn State was just starting to really take over with explosive plays. That's really what won that game. We had a heartbreaker for my co-host, 46-45. Man, these freaking scores were nuts, too. Um, Mississippi State got the dub, and I think everybody was pretty happy about that. But before we get into, you know, some of that Thursday action, Friday and whatnot, let's talk about the semifinal games, Marshall, because this shit 
was wild. Let's start with TCU Michigan. You know, right off the bat, um, <laughs> it, it, it's pretty crazy to start that way. I mean, it really is. For Michigan to, um, you know, <laughs> they just had so, like, you know, you could tell, like, going in, we all thought and pretty much knew that the more talented team, quote, quote, unquote, was Michigan, right? And then when you see that first half, you go, oh, now I'm assured that, that they're the more talented overall. But you still have to finish drives. You still have to, you know, finish the plays. And when you have that huge run, 54 yards right off the bat, and then you go to fourth and goal, and you're trying to trick play, and then there's a pick six, and then there's this, there's that, there's a fumble. Uh, you know, had a huge reception, which was that a touchdown? Was that not? If it's a college football or pros, that might be a different outcome. Um, but yet, you need to just punch it in, and there's a fumble. I mean, that it, Michigan, Michigan just couldn't get out of their way in the first half. And to be honest with you, kind of lucky to be down 21-6 only at half. Yeah, and, you know, my main thoughts on that game was why why do coaches in, like, big-time games sometimes just lose their mind and, like, try different stuff? Like, Michigan is known to be, like, a ground-and-pound run team with whoever they play. And yet it's um, – well, actually, I thought one of the plays of the game, honestly, was uh, TCU making a tackle on that first play of the game. Like, I thought, Chris, when he broke that, there was a chance he was going to house it. So to whatever safety it was that made that play, like, dude, I mean, you know, it's the butterfly effect. Who knows what happens? But there was a good chance. I thought when he broke that play, he was going to go to the house on the first play of the game and look at that momentum that could have occurred. But, again, you're Michigan. You're known for running the ball down people's throats. TCU's defense is known to be soft. And yet you come out and you try the Philly-Philly play, which failed miserably. And then when you were later in the game, they had a goal line fumble of handing the ball to the fullback which they said he's touched the ball nine times in this past two seasons. Like, wh- why change your identity? You're known for running the ball, give the ball to running back, run off tackle, run up the middle, do a quarterback sneak. But I, I just I, – I guess I didn't get, Chris, why that Harbaugh and his coaching staff was trying to just do different things. Like, I, to me, I just – I don't know. I think maybe sometimes coaches get caught up in the moment of big games. Well, you got but, those 14 practices that we talk about. And, man, we practice all these plays. And, dude, we could really – you know, the fullback, maybe on third and goal after the first two things didn't work or maybe even on second goal. Maybe that's your second or third, like, hey, they won't expect it. Every once in a while, you get that run to the fullback, and they don't expect it. But to do that your first play, though, you're right, based off those touches, too. Yeah, it's like if the guy almost never – if he gets less than a carry a game, it's like – or less than a carry a game the last two years, it's like, what are you trying to do? But, nonetheless, to give TCU credit, they didn't do as much trickeration, and their defense played as good as it needed to do and got a win. Like, offensively – we saw the TCU team who has scored points all year. Um, I will say this, this has kind of, and I'm kind of kicking myself not realizing it, but let me ask you, Chris, do you think we're ever going to see in the next handful of years a college football playoff game in the Final Four that is, like, low scoring? Like, it just kind of hit me, like, in the past five, six years, we, we've had a lot of, like, high scoring. It's like I was trying to think in my head, 
when is the last time we've seen a playoff game of college football that like finished in the twenties? I'm not complaining. Like I think offense is fun, but it's like like the in last, the semis, like, whether the it's, final, you're saying, yeah, whether it's been well, like Bama or Clinton, you know, it's like it it yeah. almost seems to the point now where maybe these teams have so long to prep offensively, the defenses can't match it. But I think part of this is just some like and shitty just defensive it all plays hang out too. You know, some yeah, of it's just letting their hang out. But honestly, to answer your question, I I think it is based off of that the the so many so much time to to you know get ready for it. But also, um, as far as in the future, we have to see because you won't have as much time because there's more rounds and you won't know who you're playing. That so is, I think you're that right. could that play into it. A little bit, just to answer your question. So I say, I don't know, you know, where they both have 40 points or both have 30-plus, um, you know, I could kind of see that more when you only have a week, you know? Yeah, and I'm not complaining, but I heard some people say, man, like, is there ever defense? It's like, you know, it, as much as the offense has time to prep, the defense does too. Like, the, the, the defensive coaches want their jobs as much as offensive guys do, but. If you were a defensive guy, you definitely did not enjoy that game as much. But again, well, and then your skill players also getting some rest and not getting hit too. You know, I think maybe some yeah. of that is like, you're, hey, I'm coming in here with fresh ass legs. True. This is game one, you know. Uh, but we do nowadays. The systems itself create so much explosive plays, puts guys in space. Uh, but also, uh, we see it in the pros, dude. So we see a lot of playoff games go crazy in the pl- uh, in the pros too. So not as you know extreme, but sure. there's also all 22 are pro players where that's not the case. Uh, you know, there is a little more diversity as far as skill level and talent level in college. But either and, way, okay. Oh, you know, I I did think that. Michigan's offense was a bit sluggish. I, I know as the game winded down, like they, it, you ended up having a, an enormous stat line for the Michigan quarterback, and people were kind of giving him some credit. But I do think that, it, again, it took them a while to get going. And I was really surprised, Chris, of how many times Michigan ran the ball up the middle and got stuffed by TCU. Like, this was a team where it's like, man, TCU. And in my head, when I was like handicapping the game or talking to you or texting other buddies, I'm like, well, you know, this. This TCU defense, if, if they've allowed a bunch of Big 12 teams to score on them pretty effortlessly this year, I really thought Michigan would do the same. And, again, I know the scoreboard looks different and things open up in the third quarter. But in the first half, for TCU to kind of limit the ground game, they had a couple of turnovers, a couple of breaks go their way. Were you surprised? Or I, Let me say, were you surprised with how Michigan struggled to really score? I don't think they really limited them. I, I, I think they started out slow as far as – not just sustaining a drive, but finishing it. I don't really think they, like, overly limit them. They had one three and out. Um, I guess they had a two-play thing, and they fumbled. But I don't think they oh, – not totally. Not not Just because of what happened, you know, in the actual – the turnover on downs and the interception and, the you know, that type of thing. In the fumble, obviously. I mean, those, sure. those are huge plays. And even on that trick play – I was talking to, you know, a buddy at uh, work um, who is a right, kind of a regular now. We talk college football a lot. He, he played, uh, you know, college football as well. And he's like, even on fourth and two, you know, from just, just, just try to run the ball or whatever, but don't lose nine yards and let them get off of that, you know, get some breathing room. 
Sure. You know, there's a good chance that you could have got it back with a punt, you know, 50 and, and maybe already inside their territory. Sometimes you can get some nice punt returns there. But I wouldn't really say they lit. They only had one three and out. So I don't know how – I don't know. I don't. I, they, they were so – they were knocking on the door so many times that I just don't think they finished drives. And then they started finishing drives. And just to keep going with it, I mean, you know, they got it to 21-9. Then they had a pick. And next thing you know, it's 21-16. You're like, okay. But they responded and, and stretched it to 28-16. And when that pick six happened again, and it was 34-16, to I thought, dude, this is going to be tough now with TCU because they'll keep scoring. And sure enough, they responded with the touchdown, and it was really big to get right back to 41-22. Um, they had that fumble and everything, but the, the respond after they scored again with uh, in a quick strike, too, three plays, 78 yards, under a minute, 41-22. And then the respond after they got it to 41-38 with another quick strike, just a little over a minute quick strike, three plays, 79 yards, it's 48 to 38. Now, I think some of the play calling was either too tricky or too conservative with the play clock down the stretch as far as not calling timeouts, but I wouldn't really say they didn't move the ball, you know what I mean? They just didn't score. Yeah, I, I guess I was just surprised when the halftime score was 21 to 6. It's like, wow. You know, and whether it oh, is I was some surprised, luck. but, yeah. you know, it was due to what happened on the field, not necessarily not moving the ball. That's fair. That's fair. And, and But I, I do think overall that I think TCU's D-line maybe surprised Michigan. I, I expected there to be more just, like, consistent six- to seven-yard runs, which I thought TCU's front line uh, held their own for as, as good as they could, like, in that yeah. first half. Which, you and know, on which, the flip side, they gained uh, almost 100 more yards, too, on this almost the same amount of carries. So, and we talked about, hey, they can run the ball. TCU. They are actually spread. Remember when we talked about that? And they actually ran the ball way more. Now, of course, they couldn't, you know, they were down Michigan, so they did have to pass more. Sure. But, you know what surprised me? 3 of 13 and overall, if you count fourth downs, 3 of 15. That's what surprised me. The third down success um, that, that D- TCU defense had. Yeah, and hey, again, they've they've been the underdog kind of team all year. People kind of expect them to fall asleep all year. Um, the one time I did think they would fall asleep against K State, which probably would have ended their bowl season career in in the regular season. They they had a little quarterback luck, but hey, this is a resilient team. And listening to a press conference today from their head coach Sonny Dykes, he's like, dude. I don't know. This might have been the day after they won, or the post game conference after they beat Michigan. Was like he's like, hey, uh, just just don't even ask me the questions. Like I know we're going to be called a dog again. Like we've been a dog all year, so I'm, I'm expecting the same treatment against Georgia. And again, in fairness, Vegas has to make a team a favorite. But this is yeah. a, a resilient ass team. Like you, they were. You know, they they only lost one game, and that one game they lost to K State in overtime. Their quarterback was like four inches from scoring in overtime when that game when the game was on the line. I mean, this is a they team were five that, and seven last year too. The team, yeah. the, the last team, uh, and this is from Matt Brown on Twitter. TCU was five and seven last year. The last team to have a losing record uh, the year before win the national title was nineteen sixty five Coaches Poll champ Michigan State, which went wow four and five. They went four and five in 1964. I just love that somehow, some way, that this TCU journey of this year 
continues. It's just crazy. And actually, just to kind of the most combined points in a in a quarter in in this college football playoff stuff, the 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 third quarter TCU Michigan forty four points, and then Ohio State um, thirty eight points in the second quarter combined Ohio State Georgia. I mean, talk about entertaining games, man. It's just awesome that that's how it went down to to keep like I said to keep their dream season going. It's just phenomenal, dude. It really it, it, it was. And just one thing maybe to look forward for in the future is the fact that Michigan Harbaugh, he's one in six in bowl games. Like he finally got the monkey off his back of like being able to beat Ohio State. But if you look at it that you know, like and I, I've always given Dana Holgerson a lot of shit for not being a good bowl coach. Like you're one in six on your last seven bowl games. That that that's gotta be worth knowing for something. Again, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I think he obviously has one of the better programs in the country. There's no denying that. But if you consistently can't win bowl games, that is kind of like, huh? Like, I, I feel like I should have heard about that stat earlier in the week. But well, I know a couple of years ago they played Alabama and were a big underdog. I, I'd have to go back and see that. This one obviously is the worst one though because they're a sure. favorite at kickoff. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of that, sometimes the Michigan brand gets matched higher than it should be, you know? That's fair. They come in the underdog. But you got to look at it, no doubt about it. You got to. Just like we were looking at them not, you know, not beating Ohio State. This was the time for them to be in the championship game this year. I mean, that's that's just hands down. It it, it was. And I I was just looking up the stats, and I was just to kind of wrap up my two cents on this Michigan game. Uh, it was when it was a three-point game in the in the third quarter, and TCU did that little kind of uh, slant across the middle of the field, and then the dude took it like seventy-five yards to the house. Like at that, I, even though there was a lot of time left in the game, it's like when you're when you're finally get down to three in your Michigan, and you give that up like a, a regular slant pattern pass, and the guy houses it. It's the like yards that, after it, the catch, dude. The yeah, yards after the catch, especially with that. Uh, that wide receiver was just crazy. And, and that was probably the one time in the game where you felt like, okay, if Michigan gets a stop here, you know, like their momentum exactly. was finally kind of creeping back, mm-hmm. and then you house a 75-yard crossing route or 80 yards, something roughly that degree. It's like, wow. Uh, yeah, no so, doubt hey, about it. To, to phenomenal give, phenomenal uh, TCU. Uh, like anyone following TCU this year, it, it's just – it's been a blast, man, and I'm really right. happy to see that. And this is – the Funny enough, this is the first time, you know, it's only been around, what, since 2013 or 14 or whatever, but it's the first time in the playoffs that a Big 12 team has gone to the finals, too, because Oklahoma always gets to the semis, but they never got over the hump. So, and what better time? We already made a big deal about Kansas State and TCU being in the Big 10, or, sorry, Big 12 championship, you know, with, obviously, we know Oklahoma and Texas leaving. For them to take that extra step, that just helps in general, too. Well, and now, you know, speaking of, we, we broke down the first game, which leads us to our second, which, again, if, if you were able to stay awake, <laughs> it, it, it was a, just as good of a Hold game. Hold on, stay awake? No. The game started at 7 Central. It's New Year's. What, what are you talking about? Uh, well, there, there's, there, there's something called, uh, you know, alcohol. <laughs> Well, right, but it's New Year's. You can't stay well, awake till midnight. Hey, on, yeah, yeah, when shots start flowing, you know. <laughs> stay awake. <clears throat> so that was leading us to uh, Georgia Ohio State. 
Um, I was definitely wrong on this prediction as well. I, I really did think that, again, I, I um, thought that Georgia was going to be able to win this. Well, sorry, excuse me, cover the spread. They did win the game, but cover the spread just based on how um, Ohio State had kind of got beat up by Michigan uh, and how Georgia played throughout the whole year. But that wasn't exactly the case. This also, as my co-host said, was a very, very fun game to watch from from start to finish. Um it was a game where Ohio State, their offensive game plan, man, uh, their quarterback looked nice, Chris. And that whole first half, it's like every time it, it was, that's the best I've seen their quarterback play. Like whether it was in the air or on the ground. And like we said, maybe it's that three-week time period where you're able to prep offensively. Man, that, their Ohio State's offense was moving. And this is a Georgia defense who all year had all the accolades of, you know, this is the best defense in the country. Even though they have players get drafted, you know, this is something you got to look out for. And just the way that oh, whole passing game. Passing the ball. Passing the ball. Passing right. the ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Passing the ball. Yes. And it was just, I guess, as we kind of went down in the first half of the last game to, to break down the first half of this game, I guess I was just surprised. And again, not, I know that Ohio State's not a joke of the team at all, but I really did think that Georgia would kind of be the dominant squad from the start. And that, that, and I'm not saying it was a blowout, but it, it's like, I guess when I started watching the first half, some of my thoughts, I kind of run around circles here. I feel that there, that there was no difference of teams and that Ohio State must have flushed away the Michigan loss, used his motivational, like, bulletin board material, and came out to Georgia and said, hey, we're, we're good to go. Let's go play some football. Much like TCU did. They flushed away that shit and were pissed. They're motivated. You're, you're right. And sometimes it's the motivational angle that, that matters just as much as the X's and O's. It's like, what is the mental mindset of this team? And obviously, you know, a lot of times in these big games, you will see kind of a, a bit of a slower start. Which yeah, you you're right. The first game. quarter usually is slow. Yeah, it's sort of like, kind of like, okay, like at the, the, the offensive coaches are kind of, you know, picking picking and pointing out what play is going to work and eventually it opens up a little bit later. Um, but, you know, it was 7-7 seven to seven into the first quarter. It's like, okay, well, you know, maybe the defensive battle. And then as we got going on the second quarter, we kind of got into a bit of a track. Beat, like, we had a Michigan TCU third quarter. Um, but, again, uh, with the score being 28-24, to 24, Chris, again, I, I really thought George was going to come out and kind of put their dominance down on Ohio State. But Ohio State offensively really didn't have – that Georgia dominant defense didn't make their stamp on the game like I really thought they would. Yeah, and when they stretch it to 35-24 with a touch, you know, a nice touchdown drive, it wasn't like just one big explosive play. There were some three and outs on both sides of it in, in the second half. You did see, well, they made an adjustment uh, as far as, especially later in the in that fourth quarter or kind of late third fourth quarter, they did miss that field goal, uh, but then they came right back. Ohio State, Georgia missed the field goal. They got up double digits again. And still we're up after a long drive, 12 plays, 62, almost five, or over five minutes, 38 to 27. That freaking touchdown, though, where the dude slipped in a 70-yard one play, I thought, oh, boy, okay, yeah, this might go overtime or something. I don't know. You know, this game is not over. Holy shit. Sure. You know? But honestly, they did. I got to say they made some adjustments by blitzing. They blitzed the corner a couple times. They did send more blitzers, but if we're being honest, I know Bulldog fans aren't going to want to hear this, once 
Marvin Harrison Jr. left the game. He didn't play in the fourth quarter. So once he left, that's where all of a sudden they started containing him. If we're being yeah. honest. Now, Ohio State did have some false start issues and had a guy out running out the field and they, they did hurt themselves a little bit, but that quarterback CJ was just phenomenal. And one thing that, you know, people rip on him is he, he doesn't run enough, just in general, doesn't run enough. And even that last play he made, uh, to get him in within somewhat field goal range was crazy. Um, but you're right. It, it, it wasn't there. It, the defense wasn't there all nasty. And especially when he had, he had some time, they were killing him with those crossing routes. It just, but yeah, beyond, they, they made an adjustment getting some pressure, but really no fourth quarter Harrison. That's, I honestly think Ohio State wins the game if he's in the game. Now, speaking of him, there was that weird fluky play where uh, uh, C.J. Stroud dropped back and kind of floated the ball up there, which actually turned out to be almost a touchdown. Did you think that should have been yeah. a targeting hit, or do you think that was just the guy who was making a play on the ball? Well, I mean, you can you can do both. <laughs> you well, know, you sure, can do oh, both. You can, you what did you call targeting? Out. Sorry. Um, it's tough because he he, he did leave with his shoulder. I'll say that. He did leave with his shoulder. He didn't leave with his helmet. There was some helmet contact, but I will say this. Some of the rule, like if you read the rule thing, it does say it doesn't matter what you lead with. If you hit the helmet or the upper body like that, it's still targeting. So, like, did the shoulder hit the helmet and the helmet kind of, you know, hit, hit a little bit? Yeah, I would say so, but <sighs> You know, I was okay. You know, in the NFL, it would have been called for sure. But I can't then all of a sudden jump off of it, you know, because the college shift I do let you. It's not about getting away with stuff more. It's just because sure. that's, that's what it, it kind of sounds like when we say it. Oh, they let you get away with it. Yeah, they do. They're, they're more like, hey, dude, did you leave with the shoulder or not? And every once in a while you see a bad ejection or whatever in college, but it's way – Way better than what we see in the pros, obviously. But it's borderline, man. You know, live it looked like that. He did bang his hell, his head up enough not to go in the game. Um, it was a bang bang play, but then again, you do get you do get the replay. So I, I don't know. I, I'm okay with it on a non call, but I definitely wouldn't have been like, oh, that's bullshit if they would have called it because I think people get lost with the shoulder thing. This is. Uh, this is the Article 4, okay? No player shall target or make forcible contact to the head or neck area of a defenseless opponent with the helmet, forearm, hand, fist, elbow, or shoulder. Neck area. Not even your helmet, per se. So I think it was a penalty, but it wasn't straight-up targeting like he came with his helmet first. He clearly did try to you know, put the shoulder in, the ball was looping. It was a, it was a, you know, sure. it was kind of like a, a Scotty Thurman Rainbow 3 Arkansas Duke back in the day. It was high up there, and it was a perfect pass for that. Like, hey, it's either going to be a, because it kind of looked like he's just throwing the ball away, or at least I give my tall receiver a, a chance. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, wait, he caught, I thought he caught it live. I was like, did he catch yeah. that, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it probably was targeting. Um. And he did get concussed enough not to go in the game. Not that that should, because uh, you could hit your head on the, you know, 
on the field and that can happen. So I'm not saying sure. that should be the, the rule, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? It is what it is. But that tur- that turned the game. That in the timeout on the sneak punt. I mean, no Harrison Jr. I think if they had him in the fourth, they win the game. Sure. And also, that freaking timeout was so clutch, dude. When does that happen in games, especially when it means everything? That was a clutch, clutch timeout. Well, it is kind of funny you mention that because speaking of Michigan-Ohio State, you remember that Ohio State had dialed up the perfect fake punt against Michigan, but that yep. snapper had misplayed the play. But Because even, even after that game, Harbaugh had said, like, dude, they had us dead to rights there. And yep. so for some odd reason, like, the fake punts have kind of been a storyline with Ohio State. Um, but, yeah, you're right. That That's was a good a huge call. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird how that plays out in uh, kind of against them and, you know, I guess against them again. <laughs> um, but as my co-host said, <clears throat> the the offense dropped off. They scored seven points in the first quarter, 21 in the second, 10 in the third. The offense had been moving effectively the whole game, but then you do lose your best wide receiver, arguably in the country this year, and then you score three points <clears throat> in the fourth as George was able to score 18. Um, again, they, they had momentum after the, after that play, as you said, they got rolling the offense. Yeah. Then that one play too, to, to do it all in that little bunch. That's crazy. You know, you're just like, Oh my God. Wow. 70 yard play one play. That's when I kind of felt like, yeah, this is over, dude. They're, they're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. The, the bro, man, there were so many like just long plays, like broken coverage. It's like, what? What are the safeties doing? In a doing lot of these all? games, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. A lot of explosive plays. I guess I, it goes it w- back to what we're talking about. You get a lot of film study with the 13 games on, you know, 12 to 13 games on tape. And, you know, and, and Stetson Bennett's numbers look nice, but, man, Georgia offensively, 2 of 10 on third down. It's like, how do you score – you know, 42 points, but they, you know, but man, it's like, I guess, I guess all the big players are on first and second down, <laughs> but you know, Ohio state four of 12 and if George is two of 10, it's like, man, it, it's just kind of, it, that's a weird, yeah, they didn't score. run the hell out of the ball either. Now, given they were down, but yeah, <clears throat> I mean, they ran well, but they only ran it 26 times, which isn't much for them. Oh uh, yeah. For a buck 35, Ohio state. That's the thing. Ohio state. You know, they, they never really had a healthy, healthy, probably first or second rounder who broke out last year and then didn't have Harrison. And they already went, they, they already had two stud running backs out. One of their running backs that played was Gimpy. They, it just, it's funny because even, I mean, Georgia got, you know, we got to say Georgia had a wide receiver go out last year too and that, you know, with the Bama stuff. So, I mean, Sometimes you just get lucky. We mentioned TCU with the backup quarterbacks. Like, it, this is football. The shit just happens. But you can make an argument that Ohio State's the most talented team, and they can win the national championship if they stay a tish, just a tish healthier. It's football. So you're going to lose one of your yeah. stud running backs. Well, but lose no, both of your running backs? I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, it's crazy, man. I still remember the last year when it was Georgia Bama in the, in the national title game, and Bama yep. wide receiver had that little slant around his knee buckle, or they or Bama mm-hmm. might win that. You know, it, it, yeah, injuries are part. You can't of it. rule it out. Yep, you can't rule it out that that wouldn't have changed the whole damn game. You know, 
And so as Georgia did drive down to get the lead, you're thinking, okay, with the amount of time left, Ohio State maybe has a chance because in college you never know. And you, the, the timeout, the time stops after first downs. But yep. uh, C.J. Stroud pulls off his, his best out of Michael Vick sprint and, and gets him to a actually great field position. And when, when you saw that play develop, Chris, I saw a couple of different replays say it's like, it's almost like Georgia didn't see that happening, or maybe it's one of those plays where they were like in man coverage and all the guys had their back to the quarterback. And they were long routes. Yeah. Yep. And he and, waited and, so long, too. It's not like he just saw the first opening. He sure. was, it was a clogged pocket. All of a sudden he came out of it, you know. And, and gets down the field to actually, like, you know, the, the ESPN now always gives you the green line of where you got to be for your kicker yeah. to feel comfortable. He, he even surpassed that. Well, dude and had then, missed from, from 40 to 49. Dude hadn't missed. Got it. And, and if you're an Ohio State fan, I, I feel it for you. That's probably, you know, how I felt when uh, it was the North Carolina. Hey, there wasn't much drama once that thing went off his foot, though, was it? No, <laughs> no. That, yeah, that, you can see the snap was shitty, too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, the whole thing's fucked. Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a dead uh, pull, shake, whatever <laughs> golf word yeah. you want to use. Uh, and as you said, Georgia's skated out of there with not their best effort, 42-41, another game that soared over. Again, I'm just going to bet over in the college football playoffs. And um, we, we got one more year of it. Then yeah, at least, yeah. Now. So yeah. Just remember that. Remember that next year. <laughs> so. Who's um, playing just over? I don't care who's qualified. I'm going to get I bet yes. before I even know who's going. <laughs> so that does lead us to a Georgia, a Georgia TCU <clears throat> national championship. I I think this should be a good game. I, I guess if you were to look at the spread, uh, it would maybe tell you differently. Georgia is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite as of now. But if, if we're talking TCU, dude, they, they, they have been doubted all year. They I were jumped down- on the 13-and-a-half already. I, yeah, I mean, then they were down by Michigan. They were anywhere from like a, a eight point underdog to I think it creeped down maybe to seven for a little bit, maybe six and a half, or back up to eight. But they were basically a touchdown dog to Michigan. Now you're a double touchdown dog to um, to Georgia. But just from the last two games Georgia has played, Chris, I guess my initial thoughts on this game would be that the spread initially is a bit high, just because even though the game was maybe closer to being over. LSU scored 30 points in the second half on um, Georgia. Yeah. And TC, excuse me. And Ohio they don't have State, a great uh, offense either, if we're being honest. Not, not as good as TCU or, or Ohio State, no. And then no. Ohio State, again, if Marvin Harrison Jr. stays healthy, who knows if we're still previewing Georgia in this game, moved the ball pretty, effort, not, I wouldn't say effortlessly, but very effectively. So Yeah, especially to I, only have 10 yards rushing at half. You know, yeah. they only started chunk having like chunk seven, eight yard runs in the second half when they had a lead when they tried to milk it a little bit. But to be passing basically the whole time, that's a lot, you know. Yeah, so I, I do think that just the initial takeaway from a point spread is the fact that, man, they're given probably a bit too much love. Like, I don't – the TCU underdog, like, heartwarming good team story, it's like, dude, they, they made it to the championship. And in fairness, you could argue they they won the most – and I would say top to bottom most competitive division all football. Like, I know Georgia and Ohio State are going to be, like, higher-ranked, higher, higher ranked, power-ranked teams. But the I would say – Yeah, because it, was, it wasn't top-heavy. SEC and the Big Ten were top-heavy. 
Yes, whereas, they were. Uh, from, you know, from, from uh, two to ten or two to nine or whatever, yeah, it was the best division. We thought that going in, and I think it's proved out, you know. And, and, and in fairness, that's probably why, you know, that they are – why I think that spread's a bit high. So, obviously, they, 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 these guys do get some time off. There will be time to prep. Yeah, you get a couple days. Yeah, a couple extra days you, normally you, would. you would assume that this would be a, a little bit of a higher scoring game again, just because again in college football, it, it all that just seems to kind of be the theme of it for the last handful of years. I don't know, maybe that's to go back to when it was like the LSU Alabama. I know it's going really far back, but I, I feel like it, it's twenty one zero. Yeah, it took a while just to get there. Yeah, it was like nine, twelve, fifteen. You know, yeah. So I, I guess let, I'll, I'll just give my TCU side, and we'll just go from there. So I, now yeah, Kendrick, Kendrick Miller, their running back is out. Let's not, you know, Demarcado or whatever. He had a big game though, seventeen carries, buck fifty, you know, eight and a half carries against a team that came in stopping the run too. So they true. should still be okay with Miller out if he's in, indeed out out. Yeah, Sorry yeah, to yeah. No, yeah, well, and I just from so from a TCU perspective, obviously. Mental mindset. You, I'm sure uh, Coach Dice is going to play. You're the underdog card. You're, you're the underdog role. Everyone doubts us. You're playing against the big battle of the SEC. But again, offensively, I think TCU has moved the ball on. Uh, maybe you haven't faced a Georgia defense, but has Georgia slowed down an offense comparable to TCU? Like, I, I kind of feel at the start of the year, Chris Max Duggan was kind of like a good story. Like this guy you could was say Tennessee. Yeah, and, and you could say they that Georgia did. They did that game was a, it was like quite a bit of rain for the middle part of that game, so you know maybe that was an advantage to Georgia. Obviously, yeah, now you're going to be point. playing on a on a on a on a field without rain, possibly. So, I just think if you're TCU, everyone's down you. The the Vegas line says you don't have a chance, but man, you you just beat Michigan, and that game really wasn't ever too close. So I think I think confidence is right now because I think. To, I think you can say that Georgia and Michigan are relatively on the same platter in theory, and you beat Michigan, yeah. so we say you can't Very beat Georgia. Similar. Now, I I would be surprised. Um, maybe you'll need a little bit of lady luck on your side again for TCU defensively. I, I do think that that is out of the both defenses and both offenses in this game, TCU's defense is clearly the biggest weakness out of all of the major four parts. And you did get some lady luck with Michigan trying to trick play. Michigan fumbling at the goal line. Michigan's getting ruled down on the like the butt on the one yard line. Like obviously they had a little bit of luck go their way. Um, but I think from a TCU perspective, like dude, let's just try to make it a shootout game again. Like no one has slowed us down. We're, we need to win our games. So I think it's a a very. Let me say this. I think TCU is going to have to score in the 30s and 40s again because I do think that Georgia's offense might click a little. The, the, they might be. I think they're probably going to score thirty to forties again. I'll say. So I, I think if you're TCU, yeah, I don't think Chris, they get off to as slow a start. Yeah, I, I think that Georgia offense is going to get humming a little bit more, and that TCU, you better hope for to maybe force some turnovers, get some luck on your side. But I think that Georgia offense is going to be coming out firing. So if you're TCU, hey, uh, our offense can fire too. Yeah, I mean. They, I, I still go back to that. Both these teams are built offensively very close. Uh, they obviously both have good quarterbacks. They both have a a, a a damn good wide receiver. Georgia got their guy back. He scored um, on that great catch 
Um, but they both are over 200 yards per game rushing. Now, obviously, the big thing is, you know, Georgia only gives up 77 yards rushing per game, um, and they give up almost 150 TCU. So, I mean, that that plays into it. Um, I just think that, you know, TCU has had so much adversity, whether they give up big leads or come back from big leads. I just think they've just kind of seen it all. So that just makes – even if it is, let's say Georgia just plays their best game because, speaking of adversity, they didn't have a ton this year. I think the, the, the Missouri game is probably, you know, in that Kentucky game, were probably the closest games down the stretch. You know, I know that Florida game for a little bit was, but then they blew it out. But the Missouri and, and Kentucky game were the closest beyond you know, this, that last one. So I think it's like they kind of got over the hump, and they, they, they're probably more focused then. But even if it is a TCU, I don't feel like it's going to play out this way, but even if Georgia just comes sharp, and I don't know how much sharper TCU can start the game or be in the first half, uh, you know, considering who they did, just went against. And then that True. there was some luck, obviously. Uh, they, they stopped the fourth down and goal. That was not just luck, <laughs> but the, the fumble and all that. You know, it happens. Pick sixes. Are you going to get two big pick sixes in this next game? I doubt it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't see them having to score a touchdown to sneak under the 13 and a half right near the end of the game, last few minutes of the game. I don't necessarily see that. I think they'll be within range. Um, I just think it's going to be a competitive game. TCU will have their shots, but I just think the the better overall team. And we are talking about a lot of players, even though we know, you know, nine to the draft and just off the defense or eight. Um, I just still think that they just have, you know, they just, just got that experience, you know. And it took Georgia a little bit to get that experience and have – a heartbreaking, you know, to have that uh, crazy game with Oklahoma, that, that speaking of high scoring, and then to lose, you know, some games that just couldn't quite get over the hump. So I do see Georgia winning cleanly by, like, by anywhere from 7 to 10, but I don't think they'll be ever up by 20. Do you think there's any angle to play if we're talking mental mindsets of, kind of an emotional little bit of a letdown uh, of Georgia. If you're, hey, you you were you, you had to pull out a miraculous fourth quarter. Um, you kind of have that emotional high from beating Ohio State, and you maybe start off a little bit lackluster uh, against TCU, or is it is it that week off of time and hearing your coach say, hey, we're going for back-to-back titles, that, you know, that that, that angle couldn't happen? Just because that, that well, part, you know, part of college football is so much emotion. Yeah. But, I mean, judging how TCU looked after the game, they were pretty emotional, too. But you're right. It is different because of how they had to come back in the game a couple different times from, from double digits. Um, yeah, that that's out there. That's no doubt out there. I think the extra couple days that you get will help. Um, but, yeah, that's out there. I think that's out there. I just think so many things went right for, like, two-and-a-half quarters for TCU that it's like, hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? I just it's it's definitely out there the letdown possibility, no doubt. But I don't know. I just think that I just don't see him starting out that slow uh, again for Georgia. So, and speaking of higher scoring, which we kind of expect, do you, are we just going to duck the USC game or no? Oh, this will be my last part. But okay. I, I I think if you're That's TCU. <laughs> 
I oh that punt we'll get there. Um, I think for TCU would be beneficial to try and control like the clock, but that's just like not in their offense. Like I, I think if you're TCU, like I think if you were if you could win the time of possession, Chris, that would be beneficial. But when you've watched TCU play all year, it's like their offense is like a quick strike offense, and Mac Doug, Max Duggan's a big playmaker. Like. I just, I guess I'm kind of hoping for two different scenarios. If you're a TCU fan, like, hey, could we run the ball a bit more? Let's maybe slow down a little bit. But that's also not your mentality. So I guess if you are TCU, you're hoping your defense doesn't make a play or two and you're going to try to win the game in the high 40s. Like, I think in a perfect world, TCU could win like a 28-27. I just think if you could, if they win the, if they win the time of possession, I'd be very curious to see if, if, if I think if they do that, Chris, they'll have a good chance of winning the game. Yeah, because we know Georgia can do that, you know. Yes, know that, it, for sure. They're capable and they're built like that. Um, so, yeah, you're right. If they could, and, and that rushing uh, 200 yards, that does come a little differently. You're right. It, it comes from the, the quarterback himself. They do run more than more than we think, but you're right about, you know, just explosive plays, man. That's how they – do it yards after the catch yards after the mm-hmm. first tackle on a run whatever yeah I don't think you'd want to change too much until you know unless you're up it like deeper in the game that it's like well an extra run or something you know or even a short little play action making it look like you're gonna run have some people go deep and somewhere in the middle of the field open I don't know I mean you, you figure just looking at the tape they're gonna be able to take advantage of some of that though you know uh, just, just because. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we kind of forget how good Ohio State is at wide receiver and quarterback too. So it's like, fair. Some of that stuff is like, oh, dude, but look what Ohio State. Yeah, I hear you, but damn, I don't know how. You know, it's it, it's interesting. But you're right. If they do, even if they win it by two minutes, I would say that's a good. They would have to really mess up and have a bunch of turnovers to to lose that game. Yeah. Well, and I'm with you. I do think that <clears throat> TCU covers the spread. It might be worth throwing down a little bit of money on that TC money line just because. It, it, get it now, 13 and yeah. a half. I don't think it's going much higher. Yeah, and so I, I, I do think there's value on that. I will be taking that. I do think I'm with you. I think Georgia wins, but I think that that is a bit of a disrespect. But they've been, again, they've been doubted all year. They were doubted by Michigan, and, again, Michigan's pretty much as good as Georgia. So, um, it should be a very, very hell of fun championship game to watch a week from tonight, actually. And uh, did you you said you wanted to recap some of the games from today? I mean, real quick, like, because we sure. did kind of go along with that. But, I mean, just some of these games, Oregon winning by a point or, over North Carolina. Um, I mentioned that Washington, the, the QB who's returning, set the record uh, for most yards, you know, in a year. Um, I couldn't had believe- a hell of a game. Yeah, I couldn't believe Florida State was down like that, but they came back and ended up winning. They got a bunch of guys coming in through the transfer porter and coming back. Their quarterback, uh, you know, offensive line's always been an issue with them the last three to five, well, five years probably. And mm-hmm. uh, they they look like they're on the way there. Speaking of setting records, Mo Ibrahim set a bunch of uh, individual records for Minnesota in their win. Um, Tennessee, they may have a guy that – can chuck the ball deep to wide that open dude receivers. Throws that, the football hard. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of those guys are fucking wide open, but still, 
Like, don't sleep on Tennessee like this is just a one-hit wonder this year and Hooker got hurt, so now they're screwed. They got someone in the stash at Clemson. They got their new quarterback who's always looked good. All of a sudden, it's like, damn, they caught up to him pretty quick. He had a rough game. I didn't see 31-14 to 14 blowout there. Like I said, Pitt had a rough year coming off a great year where they lost a lot of talent, uh, whether it's to the pros and their quarterback who made a good play the other night or uh, – or earlier, I should say, and then, but, but, you know, they had a rough start to the year. I think they're on their third string quarterback. That was kind of cool to see them against UCLA, who was, who had a good year, 37-35. Like I said, Notre Dame, first year coach, had a successful year. The South Carolina fought like hard in that game. I really thought that they were going to run away with it. Um, and then Bama, uh, you know, Bryce Young really just saying, hey, I, I do, when they're down 10 zip, the Bryce Young slander. Oh, he, he played in this game. His draft stops going down and all this shit. All of a sudden, you're like, are you sure? Are you positive about that? And then, obviously, Iowa, Kentucky, you know, they luckily, my Gophers aren't involved in the lowest point score anymore uh, over under. Uh, but that shit stayed under. I mean, that, that was fucking crazy, that game. Uh, when you look at just, we, we said, you know, both got, you know, they they aren't neither had their quarterbacks and neither had a good offense, uh, but it's the first or second shutout in the bowl game for Iowa over Kentucky since 1996. Uh, they beat Texas Tech, but the Hawkeyes. This is ESPN stats. The Hawkeyes are also the first Big Ten school to shut out an opponent in the bowl game since Penn State in 1999. Um, I mean, dude. Iowa offense past three seasons has 76 touchdowns. Tennessee had 78 this year. Um, if you look at their breakdown for Iowa touchdowns this year, they passed for seven, rushed for 12, and their defense scored six <laughs> touchdowns. And it's the first time a Big Ten team has shut out an SEC opponent. But here is the offense for Kentucky. Punt, 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 pick six, punt, punt. Pick six, punt, 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 turnover downs, punt, turnover on downs. I'm done. I, you know, I, I was like, you know what? It's a 31 point over under. Like, um, that that's too low of a point spread. But then you, you just see Kentucky. And it's like they never. I I didn't really watch much of that game, but it's like there was never a part of that game where like they ever had a chance to score. As I was texting you, um, the over under for Kentucky's total points was three and a half. Um during the third quarter. So it's like, dude, the, the, you're not even the fourth quarter yet in Vegas is saying, dude, I don't think you're going to get a touchdown. So that was the typical Iowa game all year. Um, somehow they had a, a, I guess you could say a nice season with having a complete garbage offense. And I bet you their defense probably scored almost as much as their offense did. It, w- it would be very surprising if, if they didn't. So, um, yeah, speaking of uh, other bowl games. Are you talking about Kentucky or Iowa? <laughs> Iowa. I just I just gave you the breakdown of the no no but I'm saying just for the season I bet you that I that, was that defense. is the season oh oh six of them they scored six of them oh Jesus okay they only, my, my threw, pa- they only threw seven passes twelve rushing touchdowns on offense they had six and that's not even punt returns either <laughs> I oh they actually I think the punt returns yeah I think actually I think they anyway. But yeah, it, it was it lived up to the point spread. That's for sure. It did. Um, speaking of uh, USC, my co-host did mention them. Uh, the the team I enjoy cheering for. Well, 
it was a very weird game because I, I was, I literally, I was watching at my girlfriend's house and they were up, I believe they're up, what, seven, no, eight, 17. Yeah, they're up 17 in control. And then of course they give up like a two play drive on a 75 yard touchdown pass because that's how their defense rolled all year. Okay, but hey, you're still, you're still up, you're still up 10 or uh, nine or whatever. You're up nine. And then, TCU was in between, and there was about four or five minutes left, so TCU was in between whether they're going to do an onside kick down nine or kick it deep. And they kick it deep, and the USC wide receiver is trying to do a fair catch, catches the ball, bounces off his shoulder pads, go out of, goes out of bounds on the one. Ah, and then that led to a safety, and then they had to punt the ball back. I'm sorry, they were up, excuse me, they were up eight. They got a safety, punted the ball back to TC, uh, to, um, Tulane. Tulane then drove down the field and scored. So it was just the typical USC season, Chris, where offense was good. You made big plays, but defensively, man, if you're Lincoln Riley and you got all the pieces for an offense, you got to get a new defensive coordinator and hit that transfer portal hard because like you got, you, you got to fix that. You, you have a team that could, they're offensively, they can match like a Georgia or a Michigan or a TCU, but defensively, you're you're not even near the your defense is complete trash. So that was a, a very awkward, weird loss. Um, again, over the guy, last five seasons, FBS teams were one in 1692 when trailing 15 points in the final minutes. Tulane made it two for 1692. Dude, that Lord, is freaking Lord. crazy, man. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, they were oh, yeah right. They were up fifteen. They cut it to eight. The safety made it down to six, and then the touchdown put them up one. Yeah. Um, but again, bull game. Bull games always offer something crazy, man. They they really do. It's just uh, that was a tough beat. Um, but Caleb Williams is back next year. That offense will be back next year. Uh, defensively though, you got to uh, get some new people in or, or get a new theme or a new DC. But uh, oh well, um, I was happy. To the guy that doesn't like the nice transfer portal all of a sudden wants everybody to come to USC in the transfer. Okay, I get. It. I see what's going on here now. I see what's going on here. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about, brother. Yeah, uh, you, you, uh-huh. you, yeah, you, you uh-huh. might be right on that. You might be right. Right. They bought the guy a house. Is that good enough? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Any other uh, last notes, my friend? No, sir. No, sir. Um, should we just plan on doing a game, uh, doing a late show after the game, or what do you want? How do you want to handle this? Yeah, so let, let's let's do a a, a late a late show Monday night. I'll, I'll be ready for that. That'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a a Horn Frog national title. Um, we both think George's gonna oh, win, but do that. That'd that would be, be awesome. really that'd be that really would top fun. off this great season. Yes, hundred percent. Oh my god! And and you know we we talk about how. The backup plans have been really solid for Big 12, and they could still add Utah and stuff like that, and Arizona, Arizona State and all that. But I think it's already solidified as they're going to be a good conference just on yeah. the moves they made and, you know, the recruiting that's going to go up in some of these teams. But, man, that would put it over the top, wouldn't it? It, it, it really would. So on that note, we were hoping to be discussing a TCU Horn Frog National Title Championship banner when we come back next Monday night. So until then, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate the support. Have a good one. Stay safe. Stay warm. The boys are out tonight. Peace.